0: You are listening to the End Around Post Game Show. I'm Matt Tabik, joined with Will McFadden, and the Falcons just pulled out a 24-20 win here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday Night Football in front of a national TV audience. Will, that was, well, it was just like the previous two uh, Eagles-Falcons games. It went right down to the wire, and it was ugly, scrappy, hard-hitting fist fight. Wow. Your thoughts?
1: It sure was, Matt. Uh, It's 2.08 a.m. here, and I am energized and ready to go, and it is all because of Julio on that 54-yard game-winning touchdown screen pass.
0: Julio did it for you?
1: Oh, he did. He did it for a lot of Falcons fans, I'm sure.
0: I'll tell you what. um, I don't want to give it away too, too much, but... uh, Uh, Be sure to go to atlantafalcons.com and check out my column. But, uh, you know, this game, to me, that play, uh, they, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, did something that they couldn't do the previous two games. When the game was on the line, uh, two fourth down passes fell incomplete. You know, uh, Julio was... The ball went through his hands in, in the divisional playoff game, and then he fell out of bounds last year in the season opening game. And then this year on fourth and three, will boom, they, finds him in the flat. Uh, he hit 20 miles an hour on that run, untouched. Textbook blocks by Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews,
1: Matthews boy.
0: And Mohamed Sanu. He's
1: going to get some applause on Monday morning when they watch that on film.
0: And it may not be to a T the exact play, but (laughs) if Falcons fans (laughs) remember last year when Julio finally ended his scoring drought against Washington up at FedEx Field, it was eerily – not eerily. It was wonderfully uh, reminiscent of that play.
1: Field Yates had a tweet uh, after Julio's first touchdown – catch in the night because he had two tonight he now has a touchdown catch in six straight games which is the longest active streak so everybody out there who is freaking out because julio jones couldn't catch a touchdown pass those demons are put to rest
0: record setting night for julio record
1: setting night two two records same play matt ryan 300th touchdown pass julio jones passes roddy white for all-time franchise leading uh receiver and you know it's incredible. When he was selected and the Falcons gave up that entire draft hall to go up and get him, it seemed impossible for him to live up to that, to that standard that, that they set by trading up and giving away so much to get him. That man has achieved every possible thing that the Falcons could have hoped to get with him, and he is, he's an all-time great receiver. But you know what? What?
0: In Philly, Atlanta style, that wasn't the end of the game.
1: It was not.
0: Uh, Carson Wentz and his depleted offense. And he was, I'll tell you what, he took a lot of shots tonight. He was off target. He is impressive. He didn't have the prettiest of nights, but he just, he, for his size, he was impressive with some of the tackles he broke. And, and and I'll tell you what, they, they credited uh, a sack at one time where, it looked like he had, he had gotten away. but uh,
1: this is a, It's a pro Carson Wentz podcast. I think you and I both like him as, as a quarterback, right? Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's pretty clear why he was uh, drafted where he was. He's a very good quarterback. But uh, what I was getting to was, you know, with two minutes left, there they were and driving down the field. And had it not been for a Nelson Aguilar drop, Mm -hmm. Down, streaking down, 25 yards down the left sideline in front of the Falcons bench, right off his
1: hands. He he still might be running. I mean, it was... was He would have walked into the end zone, probably turned around facing the defense with his arms spread wide, Deshaun Jackson style. And, I mean, you're not supposed to make noise in the press box. There was an audible exhale, groan, whatever from the media writ large when that ball went in and out of his fingers.
0: It was unbelievable. And uh, I'll tell you what, though. In football, you need the ball to bounce your way. Even the even the great teams, you need to stay healthy. You need to make plays. You create your own quote-unquote luck. But mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you need the ball to bounce your way or bounce off the and other guy's hands, and that's and what happened. And Aguilar, you know
1: he, did, he did come back and make a good play oh, yeah, right I was, after I that. Oh, I was getting to that. Okay, go on.
0: I mean, later on. On fourth down, when it looked like I think was it fourth and fourteen? Mhm. Uh Wentz throws it up and he comes down it was I think it was a forty three yard
1: gain. Forty three yard catch. Wentz was surrounded. And he dropped it
0: he dropped it into triple coverage. Aguilar had three Falcons around him, somehow pulls it in. I mean I mean he was well, it was just a well thrown ball and he had beaten everybody. But uh uh, to the Falcons defense credit, they stood, uh, they made the tackle and they held the line. And that was the difference between tonight and years past. It was all those games have been they weren't pretty. Tonight wasn't pretty, but the Falcons defense tonight came in, will, with they just had an energy, and uh, they were energized, and they brought it tonight. Um,
1: they, d- they definitely did. And you talk about uh, the Falcons. And I
0: didn't think that they matched Minnesota last week intensity-wise. But I think the turnovers got – you know, they had turnovers tonight too, but they still kept at it. But go
1: ahead. You, you talk about the Falcons, you know, creating uh, – NFL teams have to create their own luck. And had the Falcons not regrouped from that – missed fourth down opportunity a chance to win the game and then instead of getting off the field getting a sack there or breaking the pass up you give up a big 43 yard pass that all of a sudden has them down in the red zone that could have been an opportunity where we're looking back at that Aguilar drop and ultimately that doesn't matter because the Eagles make the play they need to and then go on and score a touchdown win the game and we're sitting here going what the heck happened but they didn't they they came back and they stood firm and they get four plays later the game-winning tackle Zach Ertz stop him inches short and that's the type of luck that you create it's not necessarily always the ball bouncing one way or the other but it's giving an opportunity that you then take advantage of and I, I thought the Falcons defense really throughout the entirety of the game because the offense and a lot of this was on Matt Ryan and I'm sure we'll get to that but the defense anchored this team Pretty much half of the Eagles' 283 yards tonight came on the final two drives. I mean, they held the Eagles under 150 yards through three quarters. They only gave up 2.3 yards a carry one week after giving up 177 yards on the ground against the Vikings. I mean, give all the credit in the world to Dan Quinn for getting this group turned around and ready to go this week against a team that has played them really tough over the past three, four years. I mean... The defense set the tone tonight.
0: Yeah, they they uh, they hit Carson Wentz. They sacked him three times tonight. And uh, let's not forget, Josh McCown <laughs> was actually in there. He threw five passes tonight for 24 yards. He I think a lot of people didn't. forgot
1: Josh McCown was in the NFL still.
0: You know what, though? For being cold off the bench and coaching high school football, I don't know how long ago he came in. He was 3 of 5. I give the, I give the guy credit. But back to the defense. They sacked him three times. Vic Beasley just lowered the boom one time on Wentz. Um,
1: Could have had another sack had Wentz not um, miraculously gotten the ball off for a first down conversion late in the game. But but you
0: know who I'm happiest for tonight? Who? Isaiah Oliver. You talk about holding your ground. He was the guy on fourth and three, or I'm sorry, on fourth and eight. Um, covering all pro tight end. Makes the stop a yard short, holds Ertz, um, and and brings him down. Um, I just just happy for Oliver. You know he made some plays tonight. And it wasn't always pretty, uh, but th- it, that was a that was a clutch play, and uh, it, it was a it was a one of the probably the biggest tackle he's made in his young career. Uh, I you know what, I'm just gonna say it, it was the biggest tackle that he's made so far in his young career and uh he's a former 2nd not former he's a second round pick uh, and uh he is growing into his new role and i i think the future is bright for that guy and uh you know he just you know he showed tonight too he, you know with that long reach of his he broke a nice pass up tonight with you know uh he got got an arm out there and you know we've been talking about his reach um over and over since he's he's arrived at flowery branch and uh it's just you know i don't know what his final stats were i'll look them up here but regardless he finished was with
1: five tackles and had, had two pass deflections yeah there it is five Fair tackles night. It was a good night for him. One week after being picked on and kind of being the scapegoat for the defense in, in that Vikings game, or one of them. But I want to talk about another member of the secondary, and that's Desmond Trufant. You know, we all last offseason he was talking about how he wanted to become more of a playmaker, and to do that, you've got to create some turnovers. Well, he had two interceptions tonight. One,
0: and, one sitting down. One sitting down, which is, you know,
1: I don't know if that's easier or more difficult than standing up, but I've never done it. Uh, He made it look easy, so I'm going to assume it's easier. But those proved to be really important early on in the game to give the Falcons extra chances. We saw how important turnovers were last week. So for the Falcons to create three of their own now, ultimately, again, we will eventually get to Matt Ryan and his three turnovers. But the defense creating takeaways really created some juice in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. In a crowd that had a lot of loud Eagles fans here tonight,
0: yeah, we expected that. But back <laughs> to did. back to Trufant's, <laughs> I'm just sitting here trying to figure out what it must feel like to be sitting down on the turf and to look up as you're just sitting there with your legs straight out, and here comes the ball, and wow, here here you go, it's like hello, um, but that that was a neat play, and uh, I
1: thought he dropped it initially. Yeah, (laughs) really. From where I was in the press box, oh man, glad he didn't.
0: No, and uh, you know, just other guys that stood out on the defense tonight. Keanu Neal had you know nine tackles. Um, Devondre Campbell had eight, but Grady Jarrett and Tack McKinley, uh, Tyler Davison, Jack Crawford, all those guys. Vic Beasley, we just mentioned. The, the up front, they 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 had a solid night. And it this
1: is a really good Eagles offensive line. I mean, this is a, an Eagles offensive line that's really set the tone and has kind of been a little bit of a, I don't know, a uh, prickly in the Falcons' heel. Um, yeah. But. They they got after him tonight. I mean, they were in Wentz's face all night, forced him to leave the game for a little bit. I mean, they they hit him early and often.
0: Yeah, uh, it was a brutal game, and uh, there was a lot of hitting. And you know, Kelsey uh, for their team, you know, ended up walk at one point, walked to the Falcon sideline. He was so woozy. So, I mean, the guys were hitting each other tonight, and uh, you know, the the Eagles at one point were without four receivers. Uh, Dallas Goder uh al Gallar, deshaun jackson and um alshon jeffrey and so uh you know it was that's how it goes sometimes it's uh you know survival of the fittest but uh let is let's let's flip switch gears and uh talk falcons offense uh it, it, it there were some good some bad and some ugly um we just talked about some of the really good julio calvin ridley thought, really, really great calvin. night
1: phenomenal took night. some
0: shots too mm-hmm. and and kept going and you know he took a really on a crossing pattern, took a brutal shot and he didn't want to anybody know that he was hurt but he got sideline bent over and then he comes back and catches that deep ball for a touchdown I mean great night you know, I thought he was going to be the the story of the night tell Julio um mm-hmm. you know had that one big catch but what'd you think
1: yeah I was I was watching Calvin before the game and I just I really liked the energy that he was giving off. He was he was catching passes, he was dancing at one point, you know, he kinda had a ball by himself and he was tossing it between his hands and like throwing it up in the air and spinning his hand around it and then catching it with his palm facing down. I mean, he just seemed to be really loose and having fun and excited and ready for this game. And he went out there and showed it. I mean, this guy's ability to run great routes, he looks he already seems to have a great connection with Matt Ryan. That Matt Ryan, when he's scrambling, looks Calvin's way and is trusts him enough to kind of throw up a deep ball. I know they didn't connect on that first one, but Matt Ryan trusts Calvin Ridley already. You know, it's, it's his second year. and But he was an X factor tonight that the Falcons didn't necessarily have the last time they faced the Eagles because that was Calvin's very first game.
0: I'll tell you what, when you run great routes and get it as open as he gets, that really, that really helps foster a, <laughs> a, a a warm, loving relationship. And, and uh, at Ridley is, I'll tell you what, his second year now. He is... He, he looks every bit the part, and uh, he may have a, end up having a better year this year than last year, which, wow. Uh, eight catches, 105 yards, one touchdown for him, Julio. Five catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. It's not obviously a bad duo. The, No, obviously the the 54-yard uh, game winner. Uh, again, he ran. He was clocked at 20 miles an hour. Just wanted to point that out again. Have
1: you ever run? Run twenty miles an hour. Before I,
0: you now? know what? No one's ever clocked me, so I can't say I haven't. No. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> let's let let's, let's uh, switch gears here uh, and talk the running game because to me that's a little bit. I liked what I saw from Ido Smith four carries for thirty two yards. That's an eight zero average. Uh, of course, twenty eight of them were on one run, but just couldn't get the running game going again today. And again, Minnesota very good front. Philly, very good front. So
1: keep yeah, it perspective. I, I I think that it's not necessarily a they couldn't get it going, although they, they did only average three point four yards of carry. So when they ran the ball they didn't have as much success as they did throwing the ball. But the Eagles brought a lot of pressure and they blitzed a lot of the gaps which made it really tough. For the Falcons to find much running room, especially between the tackles. And because they were bringing so much pressure, they were challenging the Falcons receivers to really beat them in one-on-one matchups. And I got to believe that that's a matchup that the Falcons would thank them for. I mean, if you're Dirk Cutter and you're saying, okay, you're telling me that you're going to try to get to Matt Ryan, but in doing so, you're going to one-on-one Calvin, you're going to one-on-one Julio Jones, you're going to one-on-one Muhammad Sanu, you're going to one-on-one Austin Hooper. Like, will take those chances. And had it not been for a slight overthrow on that pass to Calvin Ridley and then a slight overthrow on that pass to Justin Hardy, I mean, there were opportunities down the field on big plays where there were a few touchdowns that were that were open there and the Falcons were finally able to connect on some. But, you know, the run game, the numbers aren't there, but I don't necessarily think that that's because it wasn't working. I think the Falcons just found the way, the path to victory – uh, lie somewhere else
0: Matt Ryan uh, had a rough week one game you know he had a couple throws he wished he could have back mm-hmm.
1: a couple more tonight
0: and then tonight he had one he had, he definitely would want back yes um, the other one you know one interception time you know the, the Eagles just made a nice play there was a tip ball but
1: yeah that, on that one he said that he was trying to throw Muhammad Sanu kind of he was trying to get Mo to stop a little bit on his route. He didn't want him coming back over the middle where a couple of defenders were waiting right there maybe to take his head off a little bit. Right. So that's a timing and a trust thing that they'll work out in practice. The other one to Julio, you know, it was a right up the middle pressure, which the Eagles did a lot. They they blitzed a lot. Probably saw the Vikings have a lot of success doing that in, in week one and thought, hey, you know, we're pretty good on defense. We're pretty good up front. Let's see if that works for us. Falcons adjusted really well and, and they won some of the, and we got to give credit to the Falcons offensive line Matt Ryan was only sacked once
0: depleted offensive line Caleb McGarry left the game came back
1: came back that is huge Falcons fans if if there's an overall takeaway it it's that he was able to return to this game that's that's really big
0: he was only sacked one time tonight after being sacked four times last week mm-hmm. um you know, Matty Ice completed twenty-seven to forty-three for three hundred and twenty over three hundred yards again, three touchdowns. Uh, but those three INTs uh, were, are, are kind of alarming. But uh, I'm not with Matt Ryan. I don't worry about it. I, 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 you know, I I just don't worry about it. He's just he's just a really good quarterback. So <laughs> he'll, he'll let's get us about that.
1: The most important thing is that he's able to recognize and get you into that play that won you the game ultimately. That was not the called play, but it was a check. And it was when, the, when he lined up and he saw what the Eagles were doing, which was pretty much bringing all-out pressure, cover zero blitz, they were going to line up and play man, he was able to get them into the right call, which he said Dirk gave him that option before the play, said, hey, if they give you this look, go to this play. Matt lined up, said, they're giving us this look. Here you go, Julio. Jake Matthews said, thank you, Matt. I get to run out here and maul a corner. <laughs> But he's good. At he that's what he does. Is he smart enough? He can read the defense. Yeah, he's gonna m- maybe throw a pick where he doesn't see a, a weak side linebacker coming across to cover Austin Hooper. But he's also gonna make really good plays like that.
0: He made the play. They win the game uh, because of that play. And now they're sitting at one and one versus zero oh and two. Uh, they're you know three-way tie. Uh, atop the NFC South, they could have been sitting on the you know down there with Carolina zero and two. What a big difference zero and two one. I know it's just mm-hmm. one game, but had they somehow, you know, if Aguilar makes that catch or whatever, you can go yeah. through the what ifs and buts. But they're one and one. Um, technically, I guess they're in second place because. Uh, Tampa's got a division win, but uh, regardless, they're one and one.
1: And some big division news on Sunday. Drew Brees.
0: We don't know how serious that one is, but the team went, uh, flew to where'd they go? Where they have next? where are Where Los- they, they going to Los-
1: The Saints next? Yeah. Or where were they tonight?
0: Where they, they? All I know is that the Saints went one place and. Drew Brees went someplace oh. else to go get his thumb looked at
1: <laughs> I don't cover the Saints Matt I'm not I'm not up on Drew Bree's itinerary
0: well you need to uh, <laughs> well all we uh, I can tell you this I think b- we don't know for sure but it looks like you know he's got some kind of brace on the thumb mm-hmm. there could be some stability issues there's all kinds of speculation yeah. uh, St- that, that it's a ligament that it's broken that's dislocated right. who knows regardless. Um,
1: big, big picture, though. After last week, yeah. you know, it seemed like the sky was falling. It seemed like, oh, my God, is this team as good as we thought they were? Were their best days behind them? The reality that was – That wasn't me. That, that wasn't team, me. Well, that wasn't either of us. And and this is the point that I, I'd like to make is that that game ultimately came down to really costly turnovers early in the game that that put them behind the eight ball. Tonight, you get the win. Was, was it – probably as rosy as everybody would like to make it out, getting a, a winning as Eagles. No, the reality was there are some things that you got to work on. You mentioned the run game. You mentioned Matt Ryan's three turnovers. But you made enough plays to beat a good team at home, in prime time, a team that's had your number the past few years. So the reality is, is the team as bad as they were, as they looked in week one? No. Is the team, you know, they're probably closer to what we saw tonight. I think the defense is going to be a lot better this season than they were last year. Obviously having everybody healthy plays really big into that, but this defensive line with the addition of Allen Bailey and Tyler Davison looks different. They just have kind of a different demeanor about them. They're tougher to run against on the interior, and the offense is explosive enough to make plays. They've always been doing that. When you've got guys like Julio Jones out there who can change a play on on one or a game on one single play, that's going to keep you in a lot of football games. So this is still the team, I think, we thought coming into the season. And, and at 1-1, everything's still ahead of them.
0: I took a lot of flack all week long from a segment of fans because they, they were getting frustrated because I kept on saying, it's just one game, and it's all it was. It was one game. And I kept on pointing out that, hey, there have been plenty of teams that have started off 0-2 or 0-1, and gone on to win the Super Bowl The in 2016. The Falcons lost their opener to Tampa Bay, went to the Super Bowl. The Giants lost badly their opener in 86 to their division foes, the Cowboys, and went on to win the Super Bowl. I point believe is, last
1: season the Patriots started 1-2. and two.
0: They started off rough. But let me just point this out. This weekend, do you know how many one-score games there were this weekend? Let's just go to this, Tampa Bay, Carolina, 2014. Chicago-Denver, 16-14. Indianapolis-Tennessee, 19-17. Seattle-Pittsburgh, 28-26. Houston-Jacksonville, 13-12. Green Bay-Minnesota, 21-16. Detroit-Chargers, 13-10. Baltimore-Arizona, 23-17. Tonight, 24-20. The point is, and I keep pointing... You look at the scores every single week. They're close, people. There's not a lot of blowouts, and turnovers are often the deciding factor. They had three tonight, but you know what? They forced three tonight. So that's why it was a close game. Um, You got to protect the ball. They did not last week, and they paid dearly for it. And they also played two very good teams. Now they go to Indianapolis on the road, um, who's coming off a tough well, no, they ended up pulling the win out, right, mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah, it, it, it. They had
1: a close loss in Week One on the That's road what against it was. The, the Chargers. They're, they're a good team. They're a good team. I, I watched that game against the Chargers. Uh, Marlon Mack is a really good running back. They've got two really good tight ends. Ty, T.Y. Hilton is a is a really Their good receiver. Is good. Their They're yep. Super
0: Bowl contender with Andrew Luck. Now that yeah. he's retired, I
1: mean, your boy Quentin Nelson, oh. I, probably your favorite player in the NFL.
0: <laughs> no, but he's. Certainly, my favorite draft pick coming out last year. I mean uh, look, I, don't get me started You're on him speechless <laughs> don't get me started on Quentin Nelson that guy that guy, and I know he's a guard, but if there was ever going to be a first round pick yeah. over for number one overall pick worth worth it, it as at a guard, it would be him yeah um, that's going to be a tough assignment mm-hmm. um, we thought
1: we thought this was maybe the hardest not the most important three game stretch of the season for the Falcons, but probably the hardest three game stretch coming into the season that you're through two games and you're and one is, is really good and that you can potentially start out two and one with three really good teams who are playoff caliber teams, you know, losing Andrew Luck hurts that a bit for the Colts, but they're very talented everywhere else. Yep. I mean, the, the falcons are right in the mix right at the beginning and and that's got to be a major positive yeah
0: and you know what you take one win at a time one game at a time um, and you know what they go to indianapolis and then it doesn't it doesn't get any easier they got tennessee here who looks tough he, at houston and hello arizona looked everyone was oh that's a that's going to be an easy one right they gave baltimore a fight today
1: yeah uh, it's going to be tough i think I like the way that we match up with Arizona solely because they'll still be without Patrick Peterson and Robert Alford, who Falcons fans know very well. So, you know, if Brooks Reed, Brooks Reed is there as well, um, the the Arizona Falcons. But,
0: (laughs) but as Ricardo Allen pointed out to me uh, this summer, he stopped me. I was talking about the schedule and say this stretch and that stretch. He said. All you can do is look at it one week at a time because teams may look like world beaters right now, and in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks from now, mm-hmm. they're completely different because of why? Injuries, whatever, and yep. the Falcons know that all too well after yes, last yeah. year. And one of the one of even the things that I
1: asked uh, Dan Quinn this week uh, was, you know, what... At what point does a team really find its identity? At what point of the season, because we talk a lot about and in, in September, you don't really know what teams are yet. You, you, you can have a team that you come into the season thinking they're going to be world beaters, and then they fall flat. I mean, the Steelers are 0-2. How many people pick them to win the Super Bowl? And they still might, but like, that's the point, is that September can be fool's gold a lot of the time. And so the best teams, and this is what Dan Quinn said, get better with each progressive week. You don't need to be playing your best ball in September you need to be playing your best ball in November and December hopefully heading into January. And so,
0: yeah, you want to be in a position come November December where you're at least in position to compete mm-hmm. and then you want to be healthy um and but you're always throughout the course of the season cuz young guys are developing, yep. people are learning new positions, some people may be thrust into new into new yeah. roles. But you want to be playing your best ball in December, November December. Um, And it's going to be really interesting for the Falcons because they play all their division games, those final eight games. Um, They just need to uh, be in a position come by week uh, where they're, you know, like we just said, taking it one game at a time and hopefully, you know, are are out on the winning end uh, of these first eight games and, uh, mission accomplished tonight, home opener. What was that stat with Matt Ryan uh, in his eleven? He's
1: eleven and one in his career in home openers. There you uh, go. The Falcons. Not too bad. Yep, the uh, the Falcons are three and zero, I believe, in home openers uh, under Dan Quinn.
0: Well, it's a pretty impressive or mark th- under Matt Ryan. I can tell you that. Yes, it definitely uh, is. So, hey, it was another fight. This time, the script was flipped, and they got Philly um it was not at their place it was here and uh they they stood tall at the end and they made the plays when they needed to at the end and uh the last couple years it was philadelphia doing it and so that part feels really good uh i you know you feel like the falcons maybe exercised some eagles not demons eagles tonight um
1: it's (laughs) late everybody (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what. It regardless regardless how you want to put it, it feels good to be one on one. If you're an Atlanta Falcon, Atlanta Falcon fan, and uh, bring on Indy. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, hey, that's a wrap.
1: Let's let's wrap it up. Thank it, you everybody for uh, for listening. Thank yeah, you, Casey, our producer.
0: Yeah, we are. Uh, which real quick, what'd you think of the home crowd tonight?
1: I liked the way that the team shut the Eagles fans up. And then, then you really felt... I mean, the toward the second, uh, third, fourth quarter, there were a lot of ATL chants. I really liked it. it I liked it, the pregame loud. intro. If you haven't I been did. to a home game, new pregame uh, introduction, it looks yeah. great.
0: The red lights were cool.
1: The red lights were cool.
0: And I'll tell you what... The
1: roof was open. I like the roof being the open.
0: Roof, I, you know what? Even if it sprinkles, I want the roof open. It's football. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what. It was after the... After the lo- uh, after the, the game, after the win, sorry, um, you could hear the chants, ATL, uh, out in the, yeah. the corridor.
1: You know what the best part of that was? It was, was all throughout the corridors before the game, it was E-A-G-L-E-S oh, and yeah. n- silence from the Eagles fans after the game. And that's ultimately what matters. It doesn't matter how much smack talking you do before the game. All that matters is who gets bragging rights after the game.
0: You know, the first game I ever saw was a Giants-Eagles game. I grew up in a Giants household. My whole family hates the Eagles. The the Eagles, in my first game, beat the Giants. I'm not a Giant fan, but I don't like the Eagles. And when you just said E-A-G-L-E-S, I got shivers. I I can't stand the Eagles. I'm so happy the Falcons won this game. (laughs) And I just want to end it on that. I just want to go home go to bed. The Falcons beat the Eagles. Great job. Great job with your stories tonight. I hope everyone checks out AtlantaFalcons.com. Um, you had, uh, do you want to, do you want to pub your stories?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. just wrote about uh, the defense, you know, making, making plays there at the end, uh, kind of rebounding from giving up the late lead. And, uh, but they, they really came back strong and made the plays that they needed to. And, and it's going to, take that I mean Dan Quinn talks all the time about passing the baton and and what that means is that from offense to defense to special teams one unit picks up the other if there's a turnover on defense the offense takes the baton runs with it scores a touchdown and so for the defense to step up and make the plays and win the game that was they passed the baton defense stepped up got the win
0: I really like Dan Quinn's defense tonight. I feel like we finally got uh, all those things that he was talking about. It was it was good to see. So yep. uh, Kelsey Conway wrote uh, a story on Julio Jones, uh, and you know him and his teammates reacting to uh, that game winning touchdown. You have your uh, the story you just talked about, and I got my column. Um, and go check it out. And tomorrow we will have tons of great content, um, and throughout the week. Uh, that was the longest goodbye. It's, it's now 240, and uh, that's a wrap. Good job, Will.
1: Thanks, everybody. Thanks right. for listening.